0: Today we have with us John Fincher. John, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here, Mark. So John is an entrepreneur who sold his company and now is also a, a business broker who helps other other business owners sell theirs. Correct? That's correct, yeah. So I'd love to learn about how you sold your company and some of the lessons that you learned there and how you apply them to helping other people sell theirs.
1: You bet. Um, first, I'd like to give you a little background if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an entrepreneur from the get-go. I Graduated from UT, I had a degree in radio, television, film, Uh, two years of pre-med, so I'm I'm a left brain, right brain, which I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, but um, I went back to Houston, I didn't want to move to LA and get in the film world, and so I started a business in Houston, it was a construction business, and I learned how to manage arms and legs. Had about uh, 25 employees, and we were remodeling supermarkets across Texas. And uh, second business, I put a suit back on. I uh, started an advertising marketing firm, and I learned sales and marketing. Third business, I, I steal that line from Zig Ziglar. He says it only took him 10 years to become an overnight success. Mine was 15. <laughs> the third business took off like a rocket, Um We did legal services, mostly litigation support. Uh, We started in downtown Houston. And that's what got me to Austin. My partner said, choose your city. Uh, He made some suggestions like Chicago and LA and Philly and large legal markets. And I didn't want to move out of the great state of Texas, being born and raised here. So I said, how about Austin? And that's what got me back to Austin. that business went uh, zero to 50 million in sales in five years. We opened 21 cities across the U.S. and uh, rolled them all up and sold to a Fortune 500 company. Um, you, you asked, you know, what we do right on that, on that merger? Um, we hired a CFO about two years prior to putting it on the market. And he really um, was good financially. So we had audited financials that held up in due diligence, really, really important, especially when you're selling to a public company. And um, he guided us through the process.
0: Got it. So two years prior to actually you bring on the CFO. Is that when you were thinking about selling the company? Is that why you brought him on?
1: Uh, We brought him on. We actually brought him on before we thought about selling the company, uh, just to make sure we were cleaning up our financials and doing everything right when you have multiple cities there's so much taxation you know laws and and uh, we kind of got punished early on because we weren't aware of all of them mm-hmm. and so uh, he really helped clean got it. things up yeah.
0: got it what was the impetus for selling the company
1: uh, my partner uh, this is going to be kind of funny but he had this uh, recurring nightmare i guess it was um His wife chasing him through the house with one of those old wooden rolling pins saying, you should have sold (laughs) because things had gone really rapid and and straight up, you know, all the things you want to do when you sell. And I guess it was just fear on his part, like it won't last forever or the laws will change or litigation will stop or, you know, whatever. We did uh, start a scanning division in about our fourth year into the business back then it was all copies if you can imagine that for a huge litigation you know case it's just boxes and boxes and boxes and now of course they all get scanned which makes more sense
0: what were some of the things that you learned from that transaction
1: oh um i can think of one of our partners one of our shareholders um had a vacation plan for italy and that's where he was during the You know, the countdown to the close and even during the close. And I can't tell you how many business owners I've worked with who don't change their vacation plans because we're in the middle of a deal. And I'm like, please, (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) So we were faxing, you know, documents back and forth across the pond at all hours to get his signature on things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what are some of the things that you can take away from that experience directly selling your company that you help, that you apply to helping other business owners sell theirs?
1: Well, I think it's really important uh, that they position the company for sale. Um, one of the most important things is to have a great team. You know, if, if the entrepreneur is going to leave that company, then there has to be knowledge how to run that company without the entrepreneur. And so many of them are, you know, hands-on. Um, occasionally, we run into the control freak that hasn't delegated anything. That makes it very difficult to sell.
0: How so? How do you position a company for selling? Besides, you know, trying to delegate out um, the roles and responsibilities from just a couple, you know, founders or managers. Um,
1: I think it's important that they they look at the overall um, operations of the company. Uh, Do they have good operating procedures and and, uh, things well-documented to where a new owner could come in and look at the model for running that business and figure it out? Uh, The team, like I mentioned, is very, very important. The financials, you know, you want to have your financial house in order and you want to have your legal house in order. we run into issues where they just haven't, Documented properly over the years how soon for the should corporation.
0: That, how soon should that process typically start?
1: Uh, anywhere from one to five years out. Got it. Yeah.
0: Got it. And and is Probably there. Probably
1: the earlier the better.
0: Is there one area that you think is more important than another? Like uh, you brought in a CFO and that seemed to work out really well for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, would you recommend that for other companies or is there someone else that you think is more important um, as kind of like an initial step? in uh, preparing a company for sale
1: well I would say the management team is is paramount you know how how uh, how well versed are they on the company and all the aspects of the company can they can they run it without the owner I always ask owners when's the last time you went on vacation and then I want to know how long were you on vacation mm-hmm. and if they tell me I was gone all summer it's like great you have a good team in place
0: <laughs> That that's an interesting litmus test yeah <laughs> um, so going back to your last company, it sounded like the reason to sell is pretty clear. It's this recurring nightmare. What are some of the main reasons you see business owners today sell their companies?
1: That's a really good question. I I put business sellers in two categories, Mark. I have the want-tos and the have-tos. And the have-tos are what I call the five bad Ds, death, divorce, disease, downturn, disgruntlement. And they don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I sold a business recently the guy had a possibly a terminal disease and mm-hmm. um, you know had to get it sold which we were successful and it's going to be good good for him and he can spend time with his family. Um, the others the the want to's they may be serial entrepreneurs that, that grow and sell and grow and sell and they just stair step up and uh, those are great great sellers and great buyers too. And then there's the baby boomers. I am one, so I know that market well. Um, it's estimated there's $10 trillion of private wealth in baby boomer businesses across the U.S. So that's a lot of uh, money that needs to needs to change hands if they don't have family succession. That's what we're there for.
0: So that, those are some of the reasons why companies sell, but in your opinion, what do you think are some of the reasons that companies should sell?
1: Well, I think it depends on the entrepreneur themselves. Um, where are they in life, and are they bored? You know, do they want to do something else? Do they want to diversify their portfolio? Because you know, normally, all their assets are in that business. Their financial net worth is really tied up in that business. So, by selling, they can diversify portfolio.
0: What are the common mistakes that you see sellers typically make?
1: Mm. Let me count the ways. Um, <laughs> we talked about positioning the business for sale mm-hmm. and and really not being ready um, when they have to sell. And so those have tos, you know, sometimes aren't ready, but they have to sell. Um, I see messy financials quite, quite often uh, when we're um, looking at value on the front end. We want to crunch numbers on three to five years of tax returns and year-ending P&Ls and balance sheets, and sometimes they're just a mess.
0: Do you have any, any stories that you can share that kind of uh, illuminate some of these lessons that you've learned?
1: Oh, I think of uh, one in particular, we were able to sell, but in due diligence, the inventory just wasn't holding up at all. And uh i always say there's three methods of uh, inventory uh, accounting you know uh, last in first out first in first out and then whatever i feel like <laughs> and this one was running on the whatever i feel like <laughs> which was not good got it yeah the earnings were way overstated because of the way they were treating inventory so it took about a million dollar you know hit on the on the cell mm-hmm. but it was totally um, curable, but uh, had to be discovered in due diligence.
0: Yeah. What are um, some of the the reasons why deals maybe don't go through? Again, let me
1: count the ways. (laughs) Um, One I can think of is that the entrepreneur takes her eye off the ball after we've engaged and we've uh, done all the heavy lifting to get the business to the market and for whatever reason the business starts trending the wrong way and uh, makes it very difficult to sell if it's not going up up and going down down. So that that would be one of the things I've I've seen. Sometimes sellers aren't really committed to the process. Uh, They think they are. On a larger deal, I'm going to have a walkaway fee just in case that happens where we get the buyer and we've got the perfect deal and the seller just decides, you know what? I don't want to sell. How often does that happen? Not very often, but it's painful when it does.
0: Yeah. And what what are some of the reasons why they walk away? Um, I guess they just
1: haven't planned their future properly. I Mm -hmm. mean, uh, um, everything's tied around that business for them and they, they can't Away.
0: That's really interesting. Last week, we we brought on a uh, investment banker who mentioned that business owners don't actually want to sell their business.
1: Um, they. Uh, that's interesting perspective. I, I'd say some of them. That's true. Some of them really do because they're burned out and they really want to sell.
0: He offered a solution, which is taking some chips off the table. And allowing the the business owner to still have some level of involvement post acquisition. Yeah, and he found that from a uh, financial perspective, they can sometimes earn more um, that way than taking kind of a lump sum, you know, upfront. And also allows them to to stay involved, which kind of fulfills that that part that they're Yeah, they're, you're talking
1: about a recap on, yeah. a, on a company and uh, two of my associates are FINRA license and they run a branch office for an investment bank and are capable of doing that on mm-hmm. larger deals and, and we have done that. We have one company that Private Equity Group out of Chicago bought Uh, recapitalized the company. They've expanded into um, Arizona and some nearby states. They've just rapidly grown that business and now when the entrepreneur when they sell again, the entrepreneur will get a bigger piece than he did the first time. It's a wonderful deal.
0: Yeah. Is that common or is that kind of niche?
1: It's a little bit niche. I mean it it, the stars kind of have to align for that all to happen Mm -hmm. but it does happen.
0: Yeah, and, and and in those circumstances, it does the does the company go out seeking that type of acquirer or does the acquirer just magically find the bot, the the company? Um, how did that, how does how do you make the stars align?
1: Yeah, sometimes uh, sellers will come to us telling us they've been approached by someone a, a strategic that's really looking for that kind of a deal. Um, usually, it's the private equity group that's going to recap them. We've sold deals like that where we represented them and either even got them a better deal than they were offered on the front end.
0: And how would you do that?
1: Um, they don't know that we're not at market, and we may be at market, so it's competitive. Yeah. Makes them sharpen their pencils.
0: Yeah. Um. Talk to me a little bit about uh, like stock sales versus asset sales. Like, what do you, what do you sellers need to know going into a transaction as to which one is right for them?
1: Usually, they need a good attorney, uh-huh. a good M and A attorney, to determine that if there's some compelling reasons to sell stock. But uh, as you know, attorneys are going to always advise. The buyers not to buy stock because they're buying the liabilities mm-hmm. with, along with it, but sometimes there are very compelling reasons to do that. If there's uh, government contracts that you know would be a mess to transfer without without the entity remaining the same, um, that can be a reason to do a stock sale. Uh, sometimes it's a taxation issue for the seller, where they uh, may be a C corp and they're going to they're going to have a little bit of double taxation on the deal if they If they don't uh, sell the stock
0: for the companies that you represent, what's the approximate split of stock versus asset sales?
1: Well, I'm not a licensed broker dealer i don't ha- I don't hold a license, so I sell asset deals. Mm-hmm. If we have a stock uh, sell, uh, that will be uh, assigned to the the broker dealer.
0: Got it. yeah. What general advice do you have to companies thinking of selling their company? Well, the first thing i would
1: I would ask them why you know, why do you want to sell? And uh, if I don't hear a real compelling reason, they're probably not a seller because it it takes a highly motivated seller, highly motivated buyer to get to the close.
0: And how does one uh, prepare for selling? So um, w- business owner says, I'm interested in selling my company. What's the next step? Well,
1: once I find out they really are interested in selling their company and why, I also want to know what are you going to do when you sell your company? Because, again, they need to have a, a good reason. Um, I, I've, I've had examples of people that have sold their companies and, and done great, but they some of them ended up starting something else just because they get bored.
0: What are some examples of when a company tries to sell, they're ready for it, but the, the deal just doesn't go through for whatever odd reason? What are some of those reasons?
1: Yeah, um downturn you know where Mm. they took their eye off the ball I actually had one that uh, lost about 50% of the gross margin um, in the third quarter and we had the buyer lined up we had the financing lined up it was ready to go and and it became unsellable overnight how long is
0: typically the, the due diligence process
1: due diligence can run anywhere from 30 to 90 days uh, depending on you know how complex the business is, we want to we want to have a timeline for doing due, due diligence so that so the deal keeps moving. We always say that time's the enemy of a deal, and it truly is.
0: Is there anything that the business owner can do during that time period to like defend the the purchase price of their company or maybe even increase it?
1: Uh, generally, uh, on a larger deal, it may be a percentage times EBITDA. And so, if they're EBITDA, if they're trailing twelve months, it's going up, up, up. That's a that's a good thing for the seller.
0: Are there some lessons that you've um, extracted from your experience that um, apply to like some industries and not others, like B two B versus say hospitality versus say professional services?
1: Some of the internet uh, sales get a little bit tricky with uh, depending on how many channels they have, and you know, are, are they on Amazon and and uh, some of the. Some of those documents can be, you know, pretty tricky about how you can transfer the, the business from one owner to another. Got it. But that's a legal question.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, like, from a from a market perspective, um, as the you know as the market changes from you know peak to trough, um, are there some businesses that are more ripe for trying to sell than others? Well, there are um, cyclical businesses uh,
1: probably need to sell now Mm. before we have another downturn. Um, It's really hard to get them to sell now because they've been going up, 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 (laughs) up. (laughs) But um, we don't know when the next trough's going to hit, but we all know it's going to hit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple guests uh, have conflicting opinions on when to sell. Some say that you should sell when things are going great, and some say that you sell when things are going terrible. Oh, What's your I, opinion on that?
1: I would never sell when things are going terrible because you don't get the value yeah. unless you've really ridden it up and you're satisfied with the money you've made up to that point.
0: Yeah. How does one get multiple offers? Uh, that's our job
1: is yeah. to take it to market and uh, look for multiple buyers and get the right buyers interested. Mm-hmm. That gives them a lot of leverage, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's the main reason we do that. Um, I call it more of an auction process, where you want the highest highest bidder, although it might not be the right fit, and yeah. we let the entrepreneur decide that if if they would rather sell cheaper to someone else because they like them better, that's okay too.
0: What's an ideal scenario? One owner, hundred <laughs> percent shareholder, makes all the decisions. <laughs> and then now, what's a realistic scenario?
1: Uh, multiple shareholders or, yeah. or multiple people involved in the in the sale, and uh, even a spouse, you know, can can uh, be challenging. Yeah. depending on the spouse.
0: Yeah, what are some ways that they can navigate multiple shareholders to get everybody on board?
1: I, I suggest with multiple shareholders that you really put one shareholder in charge of the process. You can you can have votes uh, from time to time. But let let one really ramrod the deal.
0: Mm-hmm. And what if that person is the one in charge of running the company? How does that impact their day to day operations?
1: That that could, yeah, um, probably wouldn't be the best best choice. Um, in our example, we let the CFO, you know, take pretty much the charge and direction.
0: Um, any other general advice that you'd have to to business owners looking to sell potentially in the future?
1: Uh, Begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey, the late Stephen Covey said. Um, Really think about what you want out of a transaction. Um, Have a great team in place to make it happen, Um, including an M&A attorney. That's all they do is M&A work. Uh, Don't bring your uh, personal injury lawyer to do your transaction um, or family member because there's so many um, things that, like reps and warranties that need to be negotiated, right?
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, and just actually had a couple other questions. Um, one is, uh, have, you, have you seen businesses try to go this on their own? Uh, in other words, not try to bring on a broker or a CPA or an attorney and – And how has that resulted
1: Um, I have seen that and uh, sometimes you can you can even see their marketing uh, ads and it's just hilarious it's (laughs) like they really don't know what they're doing and uh, and it's not a realistic sales price or other information in the in the marketing just you know no one's gonna take them seriously if you hand me a scalpel I'm not going to do open heart surgery on myself. And I don't think a business owner should necessarily take their business to market. What's
0: the process that you run companies through
1: um, that are looking to sell? The process? Mm-hmm. Starts with looking at value on the front end. Um, I want to make sure they're real realistic um, expectation. If if I look at value and I think it's somewhere in the $5 million range and they say I want 10000000 million, I'm not going to get there. And so I wouldn't take that engagement.
0: What are um, the, the typical uh, size of companies that it makes sense to bring in a business broker? I would
1: say anywhere um, from a low of a half million up to you name it. Uh, there's no cutoff mm-hmm. at the top end, but even, even a $500,000 sale. You yeah. can benefit from having a broker.
0: On the, on the top end, when does it make sense to bring in an investment banker? If there's a recap possibility or a stock sale, then
1: by all means, they should have someone that's licensed.
0: I, I, I interviewed an investment banker a week ago, and he mentioned that um, typically it makes sense when the company's enterprise value is around $20 million um, because the work involved, the prospects involved, the due diligence involved is just kind of like a different level. Um, than for companies typically smaller than that. Is that something you would agree with, or do you have kind of a different opinion? I'd probably
1: go lower, Lower? uh, 10, Mm. 10 and above. Got it. But I I understand where he's coming from. Got it.
0: Okay. Um, Any last pieces of advice or lessons learned or stories that you'd like to impart with us? Uh, This is a pretty simple one, but just, just cleaning their house
1: before they tour a buyer. You know I had about a twenty million dollar company, and we and we toured a family office that was very interested in buying that business, and there was just junk in the yard, and I really think it turned them off. I mean, there, there were things that had been there for obviously fifteen, twenty, thirty years rusting and should have been hauled off. I just thought, clean this place up.
0: <laughs> you literally mean like physically clean your house? Physically clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good advice, uh, I think, just in general. John, thank you so much for your time today. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Mark. And uh, where could people go to learn more about you and, uh, and your brokerage? Well, our website is
1: corpinvest.com. And, um, and then the two associates that have their FINRA license run a branch office for Statesman Corporate Finance, an uh, investment banking firm out of Houston, and they run the Austin office. Awesome.